Recording in progress. Okay. All right, Boker Tov. Today's daf is the last daf in Yevamah Daf Kufchaf Beis. We're learning for a full shleimah for Yosef Asriel Ben Chaim Michal and Elazar Ben Reuma. Uh, a little bit of a problem with the Zoom, so if you can't see me, just uh, uh, bear with us. We're we're holding on Daf Kufchaf Beis Amar Aleph on the uh, the Mishnah down Amar Abakiva, Amar Abakiva. Uh, about the uh, it's the second Mishnah about halfway down on the page. Amar Abakiva, Chiratikman Adol Abra Shona. Bekiva says, when I went down to Nardor, that means he left Eretz Yisrael because the Romans did not allow them to uh, intercalate the year as they had an extra month in Eretz Yisrael. So he went down to Nardor to inter- intercalate the year, to add an extra month. But so basically, I found this person, the Chemia from that place, basically, Amrali. And he said to me, Shamati I heard that in Eretz Yisrael, they don't um, allow a woman to get remarried based on the testimony of only one witness who saw her husband dead. Ella Yehuda ben Bava. The only one that allowed it was Yehuda ben Bava. He was the only one. And I said to him, this is Rabbi Kiva speaking in first person. I told him, that's so. Uh, the only one that allows it in Eretz Israel is Yehuda ben Bava. Everybody else, all the other rabbis required two witnesses. Amr Lee, so this um, fellow, Nehemiah said, Amor um, please tell them back in Eretz Israel, Mishmi in my name. I'm one of the, uh, you know, Hashiva people in uh, Babel. You know that this country is ridden with troops, the Gaisos. So I have a tradition from a Megliel Hazakim, the elder. You can marry off a woman based on the testimony of one witness who said that her husband died. When I came back to Israel and I told this over to Megliel from Yavna, meaning Rabbi Megliel, the grandson of Rameliel Hazakein, Samach Lidvara, he was very happy to hear my words. We have found a colleague, uh, another opinion, who agrees with Rabiuda Ben Baba. Because of this, when he discussed this, Nisko Rameliel says, yes, now I remember. When many people were killed in Talarza, the Ace of Rameliel, Rameliel Hazakein, and the mission is Rameliel Hazakein, meaning, you remember now that his grandfather allowed the women to get remarried, based on testimony of one witness. And therefore, and then they established that they would marry off a woman who was a married woman based on the testimony. They seen even hearsay witnesses, even from a slave, and from a woman, from a slave woman, meaning that we were very lenient. They, they started to they establish it was very lenient because, because we don't want to be in Aguna. They, they established that rule, not only in aid, but even in not only one kosher witness, but even a non-kosher witness like a hearsay or a woman or a slave or a slave woman. They say, no, you don't marry off a woman based on the testimony of one witness. They don't even agree they disagreed. Rav said, "No, you you need two witnesses, two kosher witnesses. Even one kosher witness is not good. Even though it was later established, as we see that you could accept anybody." Rav agreed that one test, one witness is okay. 
In other words, what was the whole discussion? The discussion was, can you marry off a woman based on testimony of even one aide? And that to that, Ramalia Azakan apparently had said that, and so did Yehuda ben Baba. The other rabbis disagreed. Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Lezer said, no, you need two kosher witnesses. Whereas uh, as Yehuda ben Baba and Ramalia said, you need one witness. And Rabbi Akiva apparently agreed with that. He says, well, Isha, but you can't use any, anyone who's not a kosher witness. He has to be at least one kosher witness. However, we saw that after, after Rabbi Akiva came back and he, and he told her sister Mugliel, Mugliel remembered that his grandfather had married them off based on testimony of one witness. It said that they, they established that anybody would be accepted, even if it's not a kosher witness, even a woman or hearsay or AMPA. Says the Gemara, Rabakiva says at the end of the Mishnah, you need at least one kosher witness. That's apparently what Ramilio Zakain and Yudha bin Baba did, uh, had said before they established that anybody would be accepted. So the Gemara says, a woman is no good, but a woman is believed to bring her get, her own get, even though she's not tested, she just can't testify about herself. But if she's bringing a get, maybe get in and normally you need two witnesses to come and say it. A woman can bring her own get me kalvachomer. How? The five women that we had before who were not believed to say that this woman's husband died, like example, her mother-in-law, her sister-in-law, her co-wife, they're believed to bring the get for this woman, even though they're not normally believed. What's the difference? Sigmar says, Ma bain get the difference is, is that a get, you have something in writing. She didn't just forge it. It wouldn't be simple to forge a get, right? So she has something in writing. Her own testimony about the woman's husband being dead would not be believed because we're afraid that she means it to ruin her. But she brings a get, she's believed. So not a woman who aren't believed to testify that the woman, that this woman's what, uh, husband is dead, they're believed to bring the get. Zushan Marslam and Women, generally, women who are believed to say that your husband's dead, and addition Maslavi get the certain get. So what do you see though? That the old Nashim are believed to say that your husband's dead. Nashim Shamakhamami. Only the five women are not believed. Isha Bihama is believed. So you see a Rakiva holds that a woman is believed to testimony. In our mission, we said only a kosher witness. You don't need two, says Rabakiva. Yes, I saw from Yudha Ben Baba and from Leel Azakin, one's good enough, but you need a kosher witness. Here it's Mashma, even a non-kosher witness like woman is believed. Originally, they only said they were making, they said one kosher witness is enough. You don't need two. Later on, they said anybody is kosher, even a not kosher witness. Amalo, they told him, they, when they discussed this with him and they said, listen, uh, you say that um, uh, you have to be a kosher witness. But when they had this discussion before, they said, listen, there was a story with B'nai Levi, the sons of Levi, they went to that city a city of uh, palm trees. And one of them got sick. The sons of Levi, whoever Levi was, got sick. And they left him in the inn. They brought him to an inn there to stay because they couldn't, he couldn't travel anymore. Because when they were on the return trip, they went to pick him up from the inn. They said to the innkeeper, where's our friend? She told them, Mace, he died the Kavartiv. I buried him. He died. He was sick. You left him here sick. He died. I buried him. And they married off his wife based on the testimony of that innkeeper. So they said to Rebekah, Velotech, Hanas, Kapunjas. Are you going to tell me that a regular kosher Jewish woman, either of either uh, a Kahanas or Bas Yisrael, or Kahanas, either a, a, a daughter of a Kohen, 
or, or a basis role is not as good as, the, as, as a simple innkeeper. Now, what's wrong with an innkeeper? Innkeeper could be kosher too. So we'll see. The Mar says, When she'll be like the Pungus. You know why the Pungus was, was believed? Number one, as we'll see in the Gemara, the Pungus, this innkeeper, number one, was just talking some. She wasn't being interrogated. She just mentioned, you know, he died. Just She sort of said it on his own. And she brought out his staff, his stick, his cane, the Tamil on his bag, the Sefer Torah Shibiyoto. She brought proof that he was dead. It wasn't simply saying, oh, I heard he's dead. Um, I'm, I'm testifying that he's dead. So when you'll be like that, yes, a woman is believed in that case too, meaning when, when, it's, uh, when it's like this. So, so they said the story with B'nai Levi is not a valid story because there the woman was believed because uh, she had some evidence to the fact. And she was Masih Tumo. She was just speaking in general, as we'll see now. My Griusa says the Gemara and is the Pundicus. What's wrong with Pundicus? He said, well, she shouldn't be as worse as, uh, shouldn't be as bad as a Pundicus. Is it, is it so bad that, uh, uh, you know, uh, should a regular Jewish woman be uh, any worse than a uh, Pundicus? What's wrong with a Pundicus? Like you're speaking of her so, uh, uh, so uh, uh, derogatorily that she, you know, she, you know, a Jewish woman should be at least as good as an innkeeper. What's wrong with an innkeeper? That's her job. My Griusa, what's wrong with the Pundicus? I'm Rafkana. So she was a shiksa. She wasn't Jewish. And she was just speaking incidentally. She was talking matter-of-factly. She wasn't being interrogated. That's a That's number one. She was speaking matter-of-factly, just talking. And she had proof. She said, here's a stick. Here's his bag. Possible that she hastened his death. You know, we don't know what happened, but the fact is she had proof that he wasn't here anymore. It's not important as far as his wife is concerned in terms of getting remarried. It's not important if he died from the sickness or she hastened his death. But either way, she had proof. So she was not Jewish. She was speaking matter-of-factly, incidentally. She wasn't being integrated. She said, here's a stick. Here's his bag. Here's the place where I buried him uh, uh, apparently, they didn't want to dig up the grave. Why if this is where he buried him, why didn't they just dig it up and check, right? I guess uh, maybe the body could have decomposed by then, or they didn't want to be, but they accepted that. So, Zagamar, what do you mean she was speaking incidentally? They started the conversation. Like, Where's our friend? She was like speaking defensively. Why do you say she was just speaking matter of fact? She wasn't giving evidence. They said, Where's our friend? So, no, what happened was she started the conversation. How? When she saw the friends coming back, she started crying, Bachi. She started crying. She said, "Uh oh, here come his friends." So she started crying. So she started the conversation. Amulah, they said, "I have Where's our friend?" He died, and we buried him. He died, and we buried him. That's what she answered. So the point was that she did speak matter of factly because she didn't. Uh, she wasn't being interrogated. She wasn't coming to give testimony. She started crying, and they said, "Well, where's our friend?" And they said, "Oh, he died," and and she said, uh, "He died, and we buried him." So in that case. She's believed. And as we say, the truth is, Aidney P8 is, is believed, and any kosher woman is believed. Even a non Jewish woman is believed over here when it's Masih Likituma, when he's speaking incidentally. If you call him as a witness, you don't, can't trust him. But if he stops speaking, you know, he says, you know, he, they were sitting at a bar and he heard, you know, Tyler uh, speak to uh, Donovan and he said, uh, hey, Don, what's, uh, what's with that guy? Ah, he was killed. I saw him dead. You know, he's speaking that way. He's not giving evidence. Then you, could be, you can rely on him. And marry off his wife. There was a story with a person, Isha, the of Tarfim. A man came to give testimony about a woman in front of Tarfim. He was alone, one aide. Omelo, Bini, he said, Hey, Achatayadebetis. He said, Honey, no, you don't know this. How'd you know this guy? 
You're not from the same town. You're not friends. You didn't go to the same yeshiva. You're not members of the same shul. How'd you know him? Omri says, I need who I and he, he and I, we were on the road, and a, uh, a troop started chasing us, listen carefully. He grabbed onto a uh, branch of an olive tree, and he ripped it off. And he took the branch and he like scared them off. He, he, he defended us and he, you know, he said he, was, he threatened them. So they ran away. So I said to him, Aryeh, lion, you know, you brave man, Yasha Kochacha, you what a brave person you are. Omar Lisa, he said to me, how do you know my name is Aryeh? You called me a lion, Aryeh. How did you know that I'm, that's, that's my name? That's what they call me at home. Yochanan, that's my name. Yochanan, the son of Yohanan, Aryeh, the lion, the Mekfar Shechia from that place. Liyamim, later on. So that's how I got to, that's how I knew his name. It came to your base and they said, the, the, this guy hasn't shown up in a while. And this, uh, this man, this Jewish man came for a tarp and he said, oh, I know Yochanan, the son of Yohanan from Kfar Shechia, he's dead. How? Because later on, he got sick and he died. And I, I know that's the guy. I met him. That, he told me his name. And that's the guy. The Hesir of Tarfan is actually married off his wife. Says more of Tarfan, low boy, Does Rabbi Tarfan just accept it without any inquiry or interrogation? Interrogation means you say, what they, where, what, where did it take place? What hour was it? What day was it? You know, things like that. that are, those are absolute musts. Uh, what time of day it was, what, what day of the week it was, what day of the month it was, things like that. Jerisha is just general questions. What color was he, what color were his clothes? What did he look like? Things like that. That doesn't even require for Tanya. Now we learned apparently the same story. But Tanya, we learned, testimony about a woman whose husband died. How do you know her husband died? How do you know his name? How do you know him? You didn't know him. The same story. We were on the road, and troops chased us, and he grabbed on to the uh, branch of a fig tree. He cut it off, and he, and he uh, pushed, he fended them off, and, and he saved us. Oh, thank you very much, lion. Amrali told me, Hey, you really, uh, you intuited my name. How did you know my name? That's what they call me in my town. Yochanan ben Yonasan, Aryeh de Mekfar Shechia. Yochanan, the son of Yonasan, the lion from Mekfar Shechia. The Yomim, and later on, later on, Chala, Umbaimais. That's how I know him. That was apparently the same story. It is the same story. Amalo, Lokachamarti. So now Reb Tarpin said to him, wait a minute. Didn't you tell me, Lokachamarti, Yochanan ben Yonasan, the Mekfar Shechia, Aryeh, that the name of the city, Mekfar Shechia, the name of his village was called the lion, not that he was called the lion. Omar Lace is low. Elakachamat, this is what I told you. His name, Yochanan ben Yonason, was called the lion. He was called like the lion, the Mekfarshikh, the lion of Karshikhya. The dictical of Shan Shashapaman, and Rabtarfan interrogated him three or four, two or three times, the Kibasvarv, and he saw that his words were that he, you know, that his words conformed with his earlier report, that he didn't contradict himself. So what do you see? According to this version of the story, Rabtarfan married off his wife only after. He interrogated the witness. The witness told the same story, but he interrogated him. So you see that you need interrogation. So how did you, how does that first uh, uh, first version of the story apparently is that he didn't uh, require interrogation? So right, it's a machlok storm whether you need to interrogate him in this case. Do you need to interrogate? You see, when a person comes and says Yankel murdered Shmerel, you must do interrogation. 
when it comes to money matters, and this is considered a money matter possibly because it's a question of the ksuba. If you allow her to get remarried, when she gets remarried, she collects the ksuba from her first husband. So it's a money matter. So is this a money matter or is this a matrimonial matter? Women, witnesses who come to testify about a woman's ability to get remarried based on her husband's death, you don't interrogate them with, uh, with inquiries and interrogations. That's Rabbi Kiva. Here's your Merimekel. It says by, when it comes to Nefash, it says, Check it carefully. That's what it says by Dina Nefashos. By Dina Momenus, it doesn't say that, but it says by Dina Momenus, but in general, it says, one judgment for all cases, whether it's money matters or not. So you also need Drisha Bechakira there, says Rav Chanina. Mina Torah, you need Drisha Bechakira even by Dina Momenus. So why do they say that when it comes to money matters, you don't have to interrogate the witness so carefully? So you shouldn't lock the door before borrowers, meaning if you require uh, the witnesses who testify about a money matter, a loan, a tenancy, something like that, something with money matters, you require them, nobody's going to lend out money. Why should I lend out money when I come to collect it and I bring witnesses, they're going to interrogate them and ask all kinds of questions. And if they don't answer the questions perfectly, I won't be able to collect. I don't want to hear about it, right? It's the same thing why you need a guarantor when you uh, sign certain documents like a a lease or things like that because uh, people don't want to have problems collecting. So because of that, the rabbi said, you don't need Yerusha Chakira for that. So when it comes to money matters, you don't need Yerusha Chakira, says Rav Hanina. So is this a money matter? The ksuba, or is it a matrimonial matter? So my commitment would be, even the ksuba, Lemishka, since there's some money to collect the ksuba, if she gets remarried, he didn't have a dummy. And therefore, you don't have Yerusha Chakira, says Rav Kiva, because it's a money matter. If a married woman marries somebody lives with somebody she's not supposed to, it's a matrimony matter. It's a life and death issue. It comes to life and death issues, capital case, you have to have Drisha Bechakira. Therefore, you do need Drisha Bechakira. Given the Kashir and Sheshis, the Alba, he didn't have Pasha's dummy. Just one point in the story, though, besides the Drisha Bechakira in the second version of the story, what other difference do you see in that version of the story besides the difference of the Drisha Bechakira? When he told the story, listen carefully, the first version of the story, this Aryeh fella, who fended him off, he grabbed onto an olive branch. In the second version of the story, he grabbed onto a fig branch. Yet we don't say there were two different stories, right? Or that the guy's lying, he accepted the witness. The answer is that it wasn't, you know, that's that's one of the, that's not a hakira, what time it was, what day it was, what city was, where did it take place? Those things you can't fool around with. But as you know, when it comes to witnesses, was he wearing a white shirt or was it a beige shirt? People make a mistake about those kind of things, right? Like, does the glove fit? You know, these things don't always work, right? What color were his shoes? What color was it? People, people, you ask 10 different people a story about what did he look like or get different versions. So here, was it a fig tree? Was an alpha tree? Apparently, Rapparfin did not say, well, your testimony is not, uh, does not jive with what you said before. You're making a mistake here. I could have been a fig tree, could have been an olive tree. As you see, two different versions here. And the Gemara doesn't make any note of the fact that, well, the story doesn't, uh, the first version does not match the uh, second version. Okay, so that's the story. So what, it, so you see, Reb Tarfin accepted the testimony of one witness, but we saw, so one witness or any witnesses are good, as we say at the end, even a slave, even a slave woman, even Amy P.A., 
But a non-Jew is only believed if it's Masih Lepi Tumup, they're not coming to give testimony. If they're coming to give testimony, then we don't trust them. Famous memra that's written five times in Shas. Uh, it says the name of Chanina. Bring peace to the world. All your children will be learned of God. And much peace will be to your children. The Gemara ends off in Brachas, where it's uh, there's four other places where it says this in uh, Shas, the end of Brachas, the end of Krisis, um, and the end of Nazir. And in Tomit, it's the end of the fourth parak. It's not the end of uh, the Masechet. But says over there in Bracha, in Brachas, don't say your children are those who build. Those who build Torah will, will, will bring, will have, will have peace. Um, will have peace. The Chassam Sofer says over here, Chassam Sofer says over here like this, he says, you know what, what is this idea? You know, usually when we, when we finish this Memra, we've learned it several times, right? So we always get the jokes about what do you mean the Mar Shalom is that is that uh, a joke in Mar Shalom Ba'olam or uh, what do you need a pussy for? Um, some stuff is an interesting thing. God created the world with all kinds of characteristics. People have these characteristics. People have shame. People have some chutzpah. People have arrogance. People have modesty. People have peace. People have have uh, in, you know in our in in ourselves we have an instinct to be peaceful to make peace with people. And sometimes we have an instinct to argue with people. We all have these characteristics to various degrees, right? Some people get angry easily. Some people fight more easily. Some people have more chutzpah. Some people have more shame. Some people are more arrogant. We, almost everybody has uh, these characteristics to some degree. So how are the Tamir Chamar Shalom? Because Tamir Chamar sit and learn, and we ask questions to one another, and we fight with one another. When Tamir Chamar learn, they use the whatever characteristics they have, whatever instinct they have to fight and argue and disagree, use that for learning, to come out with the, with the Torah's MS, to come out with the thriving. So when we, when we put our, uh, our uh, inclination to fight and argue, when you use it for Torah, so you won't fight and argue when it comes to other issues. That's, that's how the Marvin Shalom Olam. If you don't use it for Torah, if you don't use your inclination to fight and argue and disagree for Torah, you'll do it at home or at work or other places or at shul or places where you should use it. So that's a nice way to understand this idea of because by, by everybody fights, everybody disagrees. We all do that. Use it for Torah. Don't use it for other things. Thank you all for listening.
Let's just start the Mishnah. We'll see it again tomorrow. We're going to start the Mishnah in Ksubis. We go Michael Ochoyo. So the Mishnah Mishnah says the beginning Ksubis Basul in Isli If you marry a virgin, the Ksuba which of which is two hundred dollars at minimum, two hundred uh, whatever shkalim, um, you, you usually they get married on Yom Ravi. What does it mean Yom Ravi? On Wednesday evening. On Wednesday. Almana the Yom Hamishi. We'll see why later on Almana gets married on Thursday. Why should Pamai Mishamas Matin Yoshim Bairos? Besdin sits, according to the kind of Ezra, he made 10 to trains. The kind of one of them was that Besdin should hold court on Mondays and Thursdays. So if, if, uh, on Mondays and Thursdays, if the man says, listen, I married this woman, she claimed she was a virgin, said on the invitation, and it turned out she was not. So the next morning, he would come to court right away to, uh, he had a claim. Uh, are you, they would get early the next morning, Thursday morning, we'd go to court. What's the idea here? In those days, they used to, we always said they used to get engaged months before, many months before. There was Arison. At that point, she was considered ish. If she was Mazana, she would be Chayav Skila, uh, and Arus was Chayav Skila, and Ashish is Chayav Chenik, which is Chayav Death. So what happened was, we were afraid that if he says Psula, she's not a Psula, maybe she committed adultery. It's a capital case here. It's not simply, so therefore, if he marries her on Wednesday and he sees that uh, what we call Pesach Pesuch, that she wasn't a virgin, he will get up right away while he's still angry and go to court the next day. If you have to wait a few days, he might cool off and you know leave it aside. And here it's a question of, is she, was she was she Mizana? So you come to court the next day. So if that's the case, why don't you go have weddings on Sunday also? Because courts on Monday and Thursday, right? So why do you say get married on Wednesday? Because tomorrow we'll deal with all these questions as we get into tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Call to. Mazel tov. Beautiful. Mazel tov. 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 Mazel tov.